Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the Church on Ale podcast with Tim Sievers and Pastor Corey from Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We're glad you could join us. I'm glad that you were all able to capture Corey's sniffle there at the beginning, uh, which threw me off a little. That's the first thing you'll hear is Corey's nose. So congratulations, Corey. <laughs> it's recorded? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to do that before you hit record. Uh, I think it's on there, so uh, maybe it's okay, not. Okay, we're on a delay here, I think. I don't know. So, well, anyway, <laughs> it's good to be back with you. All right. Uh, regular podcast where we talk we, about scripture. Yeah. Yeah, we are a, uh, what they call an underproduced show. So uh, Tim is pretending to be frozen right now, I could tell. Uh <laughs> But uh, so we don't know how to edit or anything, or we don't want to edit. Uh, so, so you have to bear with us sometimes if we have bad internet um, or if we have the sniffles. But yeah, we're going to talk about our scripture today for this Sunday and a couple of announcements first. Tim, what, what, uh, we're going to just, just briefly talk about a couple of things related to getting back together or some options we have. Uh, before we talk about our in-person options, I just want to be clear. We plan on keeping our online ministry going and vibrant, uh, meaning uh, recorded online services, YouTube, Facebook, podcasts, radio. We plan on offering that stuff in an ongoing way. However, we also have um, in-person opportunities starting up. What's, what's the first one we want to talk about, Tim? Right. Well, the first one is our worship watch parties, which began two weeks ago. And uh, we've had two weeks of that where we gather in the sanctuary in person and we're watching the online service, the recorded service that uh, we've put together. But we're singing together when the songs come on, we're uh, we prayed the Lord's Prayer together. We had in-person, live, real communion together uh, last week. And so we're going to, um, we have another another week of that on March uh, 14th. Got to make sure I'm counting right. Yeah, March 14th. And uh, then we're going to be transitioning to a next step in our worship. And maybe you would like to talk a little bit about that, Corey. Yeah, the first thing I'll say is we got, we, we have room. I was going to say we got room, but we have room at the end. You know, if you want to worship with us, let us know you're coming. You know, say hi to me and tell me you're coming to church. Uh, say hi to Tim. Text us, call us, just let us know. It's not a big formal deal. Uh, we'll probably have space if you show up at the door, but we'd like to know ahead of time. There's no fancy reservation system or anything like that. We, um, we just uh, would love to have you. So if you want to come, uh, spread the word, come come and have that worship experience with us. So Tim already said through the 14th, uh, we'll have worship watch parties. On March 21st, we have our Safe Start worship service, uh, our first um, in-person-led worship services, both at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. on the sanctuary side of the building, uh, meaning we'll have a live worship leader up there. Uh, Piano being played at 9 a.m., uh, music, a person singing up there at 11 a.m., uh, a live person praying. I'll be preaching live without a mask um, at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. The congregation will still be masked, uh, 
um, uh, and there's distance between uh, groups of seats. Um, so uh, yeah, so that's exciting. We have we have the state's safe start worship starting March 21st. And um, all that we ask when you come to the door, just so you know, is basically, do you have any sim symptoms of COVID-19? And have you had a known exposure? Um, and if your answer to those is no, hey, come on in and have a seat and, and worship God together. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about the safe start, which starts March 21st? No, just that I, I, I mean, I think it's going to be great. You know, it's been great being back together, even with the worship watch parties and uh, encourage people to, yeah, let us know that you're coming and get ready to, to gather together uh, in person as the church again and be ready to worship uh, together. So it's a beautiful thing when God's people come together and worship and, uh, and learn together and, and the time is here. Yeah. And we understand that some of you are not ready for that yet for whatever reason, or you live far away and you just connected with us through technology. That's cool too. And as I said before, we'll continue to offer those options. So, right. Yeah. Awesome. Those are good announcements. Those are good things. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Those are things that I like and enjoy. And if you want to know more about what we enjoy and don't enjoy, you should look at our last podcast, our Called to Care podcast. <laughs> so there you have it. Little announcement uh, worked in backwards for that. Cool. Uh, our sermon scripture this Sunday is John 6, uh, 1 through 15. And we're in a series where we're talking about more God. Uh, we're reading a book called uh, Not God Enough by J.D. Greer. Uh, great book. You can get it anywhere book, fine books are sold or right here at our church. We have a few copies left. Um, and, and the whole idea is letting God be God through listening and, and learning from the scriptures together. And the story we have in John 6 is the miracle of the, of the feeding of 5,000, or it may have been much more than 5,000. A crowd of at least 5,000 men, large crowd. And as the story is told, uh, we find out that they, that Jesus fed this crowd. And his starting point was five small loaves of barley bread and two small fish and ended up feeding the whole crowd. And then they had, they were all filled or full uh, and ended up having 12 baskets of leftovers. Um, so it's quite a miraculous story. Uh, and we know that Jesus kind of did it on purpose. We, we read uh, in John 6, he, it says, starting in verse 5, it says, lifting up his hot eyes, excuse me, lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. And then Philip answered him, 200 denarii, uh, or 200 days labor, uh, wouldn't be enough money uh, to buy enough bread for each person to get a little bit. Uh, but the point of reading that section was to say that Jesus knew uh, that 
that he was going to do something specific. And he was, he was setting up this miracle um, to teach the people something important about himself. And as we continue in chapter six of John, we'll see that Jesus is going to teach us that he is the bread of life. That if we are to truly live and live in the kingdom of God and have the eternal life in us now and forever, we need the source of that life, Jesus. We need his, his body and blood. We need him. And uh, he's trying to, to show the people that and teach them that. And the way he starts this important chapter of scripture is, is by a very tangible way. Uh, he multiplies bread and fish. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite a story. Uh, uh, studied the story. Study, what, what, what jumps out to you or is, uh, is the most interesting part of the story or most convicting? Is there a particular aspect of this miracle story that you really like? Um, gosh, uh, well, I like it all. Um, did you say, I don't know if you did, that this story was in all four Gospels? Um, I don't think I said that yet. I, just, I think that's interesting to point out for people that, um, you know, we have the synoptic Gospels, the first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that often share stories. Uh, and then we have John's Gospel, which is remarkably different. Um, and that's okay uh, that it's different, but the, this one is in all four. So it's, you can go and look for other in the other gospels and see little tidbits of the story that are slightly uh, different that kind of can add to your whole uh, picture. But I guess for me, the thing that really, uh, struck me this morning, as we talked about it, especially was, um, was that question that Jesus, uh, gives, to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And uh, Jesus had, had crossed over to uh, the eastern side of the northeastern side of the Sea of Galilee from, uh, I think, Capernaum or some city over on the west side. And, and it, it's, it's not like uh, Spokane or something. It's a little tiny town. And you know, I was thinking this morning, gosh, if, if you wanted to feed 5,000 people and you needed a loaf of bread, you, you, you know, I don't know if even in Pullman you could find on a given day uh, enough bread to fill, to feed the kind of uh, crowd that was there. Because as you said, it says 5,000 men, but likely there were, well, there was at least one boy because he's where, who had the, the fish and the bread. Uh, but also women and children and some scholars have estimated a crowd of up to 20,000 people. I mean, there's just not usually in a small town uh, on the edge of the Sea of Galilee where they make their bread fresh every day, uh, enough bread to feed that kind of people. Uh, even if they had sent them, they're, they're, it's just not there. So this idea that there's not there, there does not exist a place in their time and space that they're occupying where they could get enough bread to uh, satisfy these people to meet their their meet their hunger to quench their hunger and so what that leads us to is that the only place the the only place where you can where your hunger can be satisfied is through Jesus um, and and that's kind of the message that he's starting to convey to them is that I'm where uh, you have to depend on me for your 
your spiritual food and your nourishment. And, um, and I can even uh, provide for your physical needs uh, of hunger and stuff. So I, I think that question is really an interesting one and something that um, if you spent some time as an individual or in a small group talking about, I think you'd find it very fruitful just discussing what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? It's in, it's interesting to me too. He asks, uh, Jesus asks a where question, you know, where Philip can we get um, bread for this group, right? Uh, where are we to buy bread? Now, Jesus has in mind what he's going to do. Um, but Philip doesn't answer when you, the right question, or he doesn't answer the question that was asked. Jesus asks a where question, which means you should answer with a location. And Philip answers with a, a how much it would cost. And that's, that's not what Jesus asked. He didn't say, Philip, how much will it cost to feed these people? He asked, where, where do we get the bread? And I think that exposes something in us is, you know, where do, we, where do we get our life, our sustenance? Where do we get our spiritual support, our forgiveness, our help? And oftentimes God is trying to ask us to, to our soul through the Holy Spirit, you know, are we asking those questions? But we're often responding with, well, how do I do this? How do I make, uh, I don't know, how do I make myself more successful? Or how do I, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I get more hours out of the day? And, and he, he doesn't want us to answer with, you know, our how-tos and our limited visions. Like, he's not interested in, in Philip's um, uh reasons why he can't have bread he just wants to know if philip's going to look to him for bread right and i think i do the same mistake with that philip did right is like he's asking you know where are you looking for your real help Corey? and i say well how about this god how about that and, you know how, this, this is going to take this much time or this much money god i give him a whole list of excuses of why things aren't good or you know, and God's just kind of asking, where are you looking? Are you looking to me? <laughs> and I think in, in our faith, some things would be a whole lot simpler if we just answered the question that God's spirit is driving at, you know, are you believing in me? Are you depending on me? Or are you looking elsewhere for your strength and for your hope? Um, or, or are you looking to me? And I think the natural human tendency is what Philip did here. And what I do on a daily basis is to try to problem solve without looking to God. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's really important, Corey. And uh, as I, you know, oftentimes I think our human nature uh, and maybe a little bit of our um, American pull yourself up by the bootstraps kind of mentality uh, works against us because we think that we have the power as humans to overcome every uh, obstacle that we might uh, face uh, in our lives. Um, and while we have abilities and skills uh, that God has given us, uh, he wants to be the first, let me see if I, he wants to be the first place we turn, not the last hmm. resort. Um, and he should be the first place we turn and not the last resort. And so often in our humanity, we exhaust every human 
possibility before we really turn to him. And how unfortunate is that for us uh, when we look at the scriptures and we see that when you turn uh, historically and uh, historically, the scriptures show us that when you turn to Jesus, he provides. And in this case, we have an abundant provision of whatever was needed. It was more than what was needed. And if we entered into our world and our family, our work, our uh, whatever kind of situation or conflict we have in our world today with a turn to Jesus first mentality instead of as a last resort, how much better uh, would things turn out for us? Probably a lot better. <laughs> um, that requires uh, faith though, right? I mean, <laughs> sometimes you have to turn uh, not knowing the how-tos and the how's kind of work, but just trusting God and faith can look really foolish to to outsiders, right? Uh, um, distrusting in this crucified and risen Savior that uh, we we know is very real, but others think is uh, a fantasy. But you know, that's where the rubber meets the road. Is you've got to turn and trust God, and then uh, He does lay it out before you. Um, I think if you're if you're doubting too, one of the things that I think you can do is turn to the scriptures, uh, because if you return to the scriptures and you read the scriptures and you read the story of God's people, which is also our it's our story as God's people, um, though we weren't there back then, it's our continuing uh, journey with Him. You see God's character and. Uh, Throughout the scriptures, you see his love, his compassion, his steadfast love is what the scriptures call it, uh, his abundant provision, his, uh, all, you just see his character. So return to those stories, return to a story like this, uh, read it, stay in the scriptures, reading this story and other stories and reminding yourself of who God is and who you are, that you can depend on him because he has been dependable throughout all time. And if you have an experience in your life where you've really felt um, uh, God has, has come through for you. You need to rehearse that story for other people. You need to tell other people of God's goodness, uh, tell other people how he's acted in your life so that you can encourage them. And so they can be built up in their faith so that they can meet whatever life throws their way and truly depend on Jesus. So don't keep those stories to yourself. Uh, it's like, God is good. <laughs> tell, tell somebody about it. Um, and we're not, I think we're not particularly good with that in our culture right now um, and in the church, you know, in, in terms of providing testimony, but that's something that we here try to draw some attention to um, at, at Palouse Federated Church and like with our soup suppers where we're actually talking about, um, where people are sharing stories about how God, uh, times in their life when God has shown up in, in big ways and been more than they could imagine. And that's, I mean, God, Jesus shows up and he's more than those people could have imagined uh, in that situation. And so when we tell those stories to each other, we can build up our faith and nurture our faith. And, and uh, that, that gives us courage, I think, to meet whatever the day has for us too. Yeah. Side note. God's going to do it in God's way though. I think that's important oh, yeah. to understand. Sometimes you say, God do this, you know, and Philip's saying, but boy, if you gave me, you know, a few thousand denarii, I might be able to start to solve the problem, you know, and if and then if God doesn't give you the money, uh, Philip, then maybe 
maybe God isn't real or something, you know, we, uh, does that make sense? Probably not. Uh, like we, 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 we pray and we say, God show up in this way. And we tell God how to do it. And God is saying, no, turn to me and believe that I, I am here and showing up for you all the time. And then I will show you the way. Um, and he, and he's clearly revealed his ways within scripture, as you're saying, but I, I, I think one of the things scripture reveals is we constantly want to bend God to our will right. and God's saying no, because um, with man, these things are impossible. You know, we can't make ourselves new creations. We can't forgive ourselves. We can't be in the presence of holiness on our own. We can't defeat death on our own. But with God, the good news is all these things are possible in and through Christ, right? And uh, that's really good news. Um, The scriptures are filled with uh, news of God's abundant good for us. Like Ephesians talks about that we have every spiritual blessing in Christ. I forget the address on that. Is that? Um, and that, uh, and what's the verse, Tim, we can, uh, you know, that we can, um, pray for more than we can ask or imagine, um, from God. So usually you're you're better on the addresses than I, I am. I remember but, the address, but it, it's in Paul's writing and, uh, yeah, yeah. that, uh, yeah. this idea that he's immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. And that's, that's the immeasurably God. more, measurably more. And that's, and, uh, Yeah that's that's our god who loves us uh more than we could ask or imagine that is that is awesome good news i think that's part of the point of them having 12 baskets of leftovers after they eat they all had their fill and there was still more so god starts with this paltry amount which was good that they gave their kind of small seed amount like we have our mustard seed of faith but even as Andrew gave it, he said, but what good is this? You know, that's kind of what he said, like, <laughs> amongst so many. And, and we're kind of the same way with our faith. Well, here it is, God, as shabby as I am. But what good can you do in my life? You know, but here I am. And God says, you know, watch this. You know, and he makes something more out of us, fills our life with more blessing and goodness than really we deserve. And then at the end, like you were saying, there's still more of him to share with others like when we have christ and his love and his forgiveness in our life and he changes things and he teaches us how to live better we we can share that with others and not have less of christ in a way it even magnifies our experience and so the leftovers of the 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 baskets of leftovers in this story kind of show us that when god works in us and fills us he 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 makes abundance overflow, you know, as it says in Psalm 23, my cup runneth over. Does it say that my cup runs over? Like, what am I quoting here, Tim? Yes. 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 Uh, He prepares a table before me. It's in the presence of my enemies, you know? Uh, And uh, anyway, uh, boy, I'm not quoting well today, Tim. That's okay. Uh, You're there in Psalm 23 where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And we talked about that this morning. Uh, yeah, I didn't sleep well last night, Tim. And, yeah, and neither did you. We 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 shared that earlier. <laughs> so I'm oper- I'm operating on uh, fumes here, folks. Um, you know, the, what you're saying kind of reminds me of, of something that I that I've heard um, when it comes to you know in our lives when we encounter an obstacle or uh, something we're not we don't know how to address. Um, we may have an object in mind and an end point in mind, 
but we don't know how to get there. And God doesn't tell us we have to know how to get there or, uh, and he doesn't expect us to know how to get there or know the way, but sometimes just taking the next faithful step is all you have to do. And uh, sometimes that's all we can see. God speaks to us and he says, take the next faithful step. In this story, it's like, here's, here's some bread and fish. <laughs> this is the next faithful step we can take. We don't have any idea what's going to, how is that going to be enough? I don't know, but this is what we have. And then you just keep doing that one faithful step after the other as God illuminates the way for you. And, and uh, may, I don't know if that's helpful imagery for anybody that, out there, but oh, it helps me. It's super helpful. Uh, you know, sometimes we don't know where the the work of God or the will of God will go. We just we just obediently do the right thing as best we know how. And then sometimes God surprises us with what he turns that into. Um, we never know what God's fully uh, into. I think in in the Not God Enough book, he talks about the imagery of a tapestry, where if you look at the back of a tapestry, there's you know, it just looks shabby and, and the, the threads and whatever don't, what in the world is this? But if you turn it around, you see how all those threads were connected and that there was a plan and there's a beautiful design. And so sometimes we just offer God our, our thread and we're part of a much larger story uh, that God is weaving. And we don't know the whole picture right away. And sometimes even by the time we die, we won't know the whole picture, but I'm convinced part of the joy of the eternal life uh, to come will be uh, seeing the work of God and how he interwove, uh, if that's the right way to say it, or how he wove together all of our different testimonies and lives and how he worked all these things together for his goodwill. And we'll get to meet people that maybe 200 years before we lived did something that influenced someone that influenced someone that influenced our life, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, we just do our, our part paltry as it may seem and be, and let God do God's part. And God is always more than we can imagine. So immeasurably uh, more, we need to keep emphasis, emphasizing that. So um yeah, well, that's that's probably enough for the, the good folks today. Uh, we hope you read uh, John 6, 1 through 15. And, and if you're watching this before Sunday, uh, March 14th, uh, join us online or in person for a worship experience and, and hear uh, the message on John 6, uh, 1 through 15. Awesome. Well, I and I think that final note you said is a great one to end on that God is always more he's always more and uh, so we leave you with that thought and we hope you can join us in worship and study uh, it's good to be the people of God together and we look, look forward to uh, being together with you so uh, thank you all for listening and watching this has been Tim Sievers and Pastor Corey coming to you from our zoom studios here in the rolling hills of Palouse Washington uh, wishing you a blessed week until next time.